0: This morning's scripture for the first Sunday of the season of Lent comes from the Gospel of Mark, the very first chapter. It begins with Jesus' baptism as he begins his ministry, his baptism in the River Jordan. And then almost immediately, Jesus is driven out into the wilderness, and there he is tempted by his accuser or challenger, Satan. And then Jesus begins his ministry, It's a remarkable six verses that compresses all of those into that sacred moment. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the River Jordan. As soon as Jesus came out of the water, he saw the sky open up and the Holy Spirit coming down on him like a dove. A voice from heaven said, "'You are my beloved child.'" and I am pleased with you. Right away, God's Spirit made Jesus go into the desert. He stayed there for 40 days while Satan tempted him. Jesus was with the wild animals, but angels took care of him. After John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee and told the good news that comes from God. He said, the time has come. God's kingdom will soon be here. Turn back to God and believe the good news. This ends our reading from the Gospel of Mark. And may these words, which once transformed the disciples' hearts, transform our hearts as well. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. There were angels in the wilderness? A pastor once wrote that those are really important words to remember. There were angels in the wilderness. This morning's story from the Gospel of Mark is the gospel's recognition of Jesus' divinity. And this remarkable moment in these six verses begins with the spirit, you heard it, descending on Jesus like a dove. Now it's interesting to me that in this, the oldest of the gospels, Jesus' divinity commences at the beginning of his ministry, not with his birth, I mean, there's no birth story in the gospel of Mark, which means there's no shepherds, no wise men. There's neither an angel speaking to Mary, that's in Luke, or an angel speaking to Joseph, that's in Matthew. Nor is there a heavenly host of angels singing to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest. Those celebrity angels, they all appear in Matthew and Luke. And yet, Messengers of God still make, although it is an understated appearance, here in the Gospel of Mark. But angels seldom appear anywhere else in this oldest of the Gospels. Now, a pastor who pointed this out, Reverend Arnold, reminds us that the angels are easy to miss in this story. In fact, she said if you do an internet search for commentaries or sermons on this passage... The two themes that almost always come up are temptation and repentance. I mean, now that makes sense because one of the central images of this scripture has Jesus being tempted by his accuser or challenger, Satan. He's tempted while in the wilderness. And he's tempted with all kinds of earthly glories and powers, like see all the stones in this desert? you'll be able to turn those stones into bread and feed the hungry. But Jesus' refusal of these temptations, well, for my faith, is evidence of his divinity. And then it's almost as if Mark tosses in the presence of the messengers of God, the angels, who come to Jesus in a time when he is lonely and troubled these 40 days in the wilderness. And friends, it is no coincidence that Lent is 40 days in length. Now before you go and count them, it's 40 days without the Sundays, for each Sunday was meant to be a day of the resurrection. But these 40 days of the season of Lent remind us of Jesus' time in the desert. And these five and a half weeks can be a time and an opportunity to take stock of our lives, to recommit ourselves to our faith, perhaps to remember the times when we may have wandered in the wilderness or despaired in the desert. But these 40 days might also be an important time to remember the angels who may have come to our aid, angels who at the time may have been unrecognized or unnoticed or perhaps since forgotten. I'll never forget the parent who shared her experience that took place right here in this sanctuary. Her child, who she said was by nature squirmy and obdurate in the first place, was being particularly that way during a Sunday morning in worship. And on that particular Sunday, she said, she was just doubly embarrassed about her child's behavior. But, She said, seated right behind she and her daughter was an older member of the congregation who said nothing during her daughter's difficult time. But finally, after her daughter had calmed down a bit and had a stretch of tolerable behavior, she said the older woman leaned forward over the pew and whispered to her daughter, you are doing so well now. I am so glad you are here. That older member who whispered that was willing to recognize the good in someone even when that person wasn't being so good. And I don't know about you, but I sense that that kind member was one of those caring angels who came in a difficult moment for both the child and her mother. And that member is someone worth remembering in this season of Lent. I mean, I know, I get it. She wasn't wearing a white robe, wasn't playing a harp, there were no wings on that older member, but yet she was a messenger of God's love in the flesh. Well, my friend suggests that our wilderness angels probably won't look like we think angels should look. And I think she's right, because instead, our angels might resemble the junior high teacher who believed in you when you were struggling to believe in yourself. Maybe your forgotten angel is a friend who had your back during a difficult time at work, or who simply came to your home and embraced you during a time of grief or loss. Maybe, maybe your wilderness angel is the person who accepted your apology and forgave you and thus became, without the person even knowing it, but became a living witness to the belief that there is more grace in God than mistakes in us. It wasn't that long ago that I led a memorial service in this sanctuary for a lifelong member of this church. The person had been, during his life, an educator and a guidance counselor. And the service was really a celebration of a life that was so well lived and well loved. Well, after the service, there was the reception in Plymouth Hall for the family, and it was continuing. And I broke away for a moment and went down to my office to take care of a few things. And when I was down there, there was a knock on my door. And I said, come in, and the person who came in wasn't really attired as I would have expected for a memorial service. So so I assumed that perhaps he was delivering something or was looking for some support. The person asked if I had a few minutes and said he simply needed to talk to the pastor. And that's not an unusual request. And so I said, of course. But it did surprise me when he told me that he was here for the memorial service. And he said he had driven quite a long way after he had heard of our lifelong member's passing. Our member, he said, had been his high school guidance counselor like 45 years earlier. Well, our guest that day, who came for the memorial service, then went on to tell me the story of his rather difficult childhood and somewhat dangerous home life. He added that he was about to quit school at the age of 16 and move, and he said, I was willing to move anywhere as long as it wasn't here. But then he said, I drove as far as I did because our lifelong member whose memorial service he came for instead worked with his grandmother to extricate him from that dangerous situation at home. And then he said that our lifelong member had helped him stay in school and eventually guided him into an apprentice program. And then he said with some pride he had recently retired after almost 40 years as an electrician. He added, I haven't been back to this area in years, but I thought it important to drive, to pay my respects to the person who helped me in a really difficult time in my life, who believed in me, and my life has been so much better because of him. Well, of course, I thanked him for this remarkable witness and story. I said, well, I hoped you were able to share that with the family. And he said, oh, the line's still so long, and I've got a long drive back, so I better get going, and I wanted to share it with someone. Well, I said, well, how far back is the drive? I mean, how long have you driven today? And he said, oh, he said, round trip about 500 miles well our lifelong member I never saw him in a white robe never saw wings on his back never saw him play a harp but I have a sense that that lifelong member of our church was a messenger of God's love in the flesh a witness to the belief that there is more grace in God than fault in us. Friends, Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, a time that had to have been filled with fearful and frightening and lonely moments. But the gospel of Mark in this morning's story reminds us that the angels came to Jesus, Just a few words in a verse that we might have easily missed. The angels came to him. But we didn't miss them. Now we have heard them. So, what better time than this season of Lent to remember those words and to consider the angels who came to you in a difficult time, a period of loneliness. Or when you were lost and needed direction. Because, friends, according to the Gospel of Mark, even in our wanderings and our wildernesses, the angels have the last word. That is good news indeed. Amen.